Hey, welcome to the Chalk Talk podcast presented by Iron City Chalk Talk. I'm here with my friend Matt Jackson, and we've uh, we got a good show on deck for you guys. We're going to hit on the NBA playoffs a little bit, off-season football, NFL, and college, and some more uh, topics in culture. But uh, first, let me introduce you to my new co-host, Matt Jackson. <clears throat> we interviewed Matt recently about his experience with the AAF and... Apparently, he liked us enough that he wanted to join our team. So here he is. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Matt? Yes, certainly. Thanks, Jordan, for having me uh, back on. And look forward to a great future with you guys. Uh, you know, as I mentioned in a previous broadcast, I was uh, a native of Birmingham. Uh, grew up most of my life here. Uh, <laughs> went to high school here locally. Uh, and then also graduated from the University of Alabama. Roll Tide for all you guys out there. And uh, moved back here for a little while, spent some time in the Panhandle of Florida, and for some reason or another, I uh, got tired of the beach and decided to come back home. So here I am, and uh, it's great to be here with you. All right, so uh, something that we kind of do, you know this already, is we kick it off like our moment of the week. So what was your favorite thing that happened this week in your life or anything? So mine was... Uh, I moved out of my house, so my landlord, it's not really a good moment of the week, it's just kind of like, this is what happened in my life, but, so our landlord basically just told us he was selling our house, so I had to move, so I moved in, kind of back home to where I'm from originally, but yeah, that's about it for me, I moved and I worked all week. <laughs> well, as I mentioned on the my last podcast, or our last podcast together, uh, currently uh, in the job hunt, so uh I guess some of the highlights of my week were being able to interview with some, some great professional sports teams uh, from minor league baseball to uh, the NFL. I uh, had some great interviews and I'm kind of excited to, to see where that might take me. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, so let's go with uh, basketball first. Let's get into basketball. I know you were talking when we were prepping about RJ Hampton and how much uh, – or like you had – specific opinions on players going overseas and stuff. So let's kick it off with that. Yeah, certainly. So for those of you who don't know R.J. Hampton, he was a highly sought out um, high school senior, uh, had offers from Kansas and, uh, and Memphis, uh, but recently announced this week that he opted to go play uh, professional basketball in New Zealand. And so, you know, I know with uh, college basketball, the, it's been a hot topic, the, the one and done. So for example, a player going to Memphis or going to Kentucky and essentially just riding it out for that one season and then going to play professional basketball. You know, the NBA requires that you have at least one uh, one season outside of high school before you join the NBA. And so many of the players have started, uh, obviously, taking the one-and-done route. But this was a unique uh, uh, situation in the sense of that he's opted to go make some money in that year uh, and so it, it started making me think about, I guess, you know, where we are as a, 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 I guess as a college athlete, you know, you're essentially getting room and board paid for, you're a king of campus for a year, uh, you know, does it make sense to go to New Zealand or Germany or Spain to play basketball for one year? You know, the, it's, uh, the money is obviously much more than uh, your, your college stipend. And so, Jordan, I'd love to, to hear your thoughts on uh, and kind of some of the highlights that I touched upon. Yeah, well, one thing is, 
So I listen to a lot of podcasts other than like our own podcasts that kind of like our whole team of guys like Student Section and Couch Takes and this podcast obviously, but so I listen to a lot of like Barstool podcasts sometimes and I was listening to part of my take and those guys, they, uh, they like joined an investment group that bought the New Zealand Breakers, which is the team that already Hampton signed with, and they like make a bunch of jokes and stuff about how they like own the team and they like out recruited Coach K and Cal <laughs> and all that. Because they, but they said that he actually signed like thirty days ago. Just didn't tell us about it. And like sure. came, came out with it recently. Yeah, it was on the uh, the morning show with uh, Mike Greenberg. ESPN. Oh, so people knew when. Well, no, they didn't know what what his decision was, but apparently. So he announced it like announced last it. week. Yes, yeah. because he had been. They, I don't. They might be wrong. They're wrong about a lot of stuff on that <laughs> show. <laughs> they said something about him signing like thirty days ago or something like that. That was in their podcast earlier this week, but I, I think, could be wrong. I think if if it was me, sorry, I went on a tangent and I was not trying to avoid your question there, but so. If it was me and I was previously good at basketball like that, I would probably want to go overseas and make money for one, like I get it like the college experience and like not taking like the quick way to get money and all that and like it's like out of the ordinary, but just in terms of like you can go make money, you're gonna go see a cool place. Like I don't know anything about New Zealand, but I imagine that's like a pretty cool place to go. So he's gonna go live in New Zealand for a year get paid to play basketball while all of the guys in his recruiting class are eating at a dining hall at <laughs> University of Kansas or something. No, and, then, and then that's certainly a great point. Uh, within that same realm, I, I don't know if you if you remember Brandon Jennings. Is, he's had a pretty good NBA career, but he yeah. was one of the first players uh, in the NBA uh, or in high school to, to make that decision. And he went to go play in Italy uh, in the Euro League in 2008, and some of his comments about that decision were uh, that he was paid on time once. Uh, there was a lot of inconsistencies, so sometimes he was playing a lot, sometimes uh, he would be riding the bench. And so, from a, a player development standpoint, you know, if you're the star at Memphis, you're going to be playing most of the minutes, getting the exposure on national television here, whereas there you're kind of an afterthought. Uh, it didn't really improve his. Uh, uh, draft position uh, in the NBA draft. I think he was drafted 10th or something in that nature. So, of course, I mean, I can understand both sides of the story, but it's it's definitely worth uh, a conversation. Yeah, it, it takes you out of the spotlight for sure. Like, no one knew who Luka Doncic was, but he also wasn't, like, raised here, so he didn't get recruited here initially, like, out of high school. But it, take, it, it does take those guys out of the spotlight, but that could be, like, good and bad. You're not getting exposure, so you might not get drafted as high, like a bigger or a smaller initial contract. But like, there's a lot less pressure, and like the competition is a little bit less. It's definitely not equal to like what goes on in college football, college basketball. But so you're gonna put up numbers, and you're gonna put on more of a show. But that could also be a bad thing for you, because competition is weaker. But I don't, I don't disagree with it. I I would probably do it if they if they if the price is they were like, yo, come, go make 20 grand, you know, to come play overseas professionally, like, honestly, college is probably paid athletes more than that in the early days, like, <laughs> big time, especially a guy like RJ Hampton's caliber, but, I don't know, I'm fine with it, 
It's not my favorite thing in the world. It's not my least favorite. Like, I see where he's coming from, wanting to make money now. But, uh, so, as a, like, a little segue, let's talk about the finals. Uh, the game one kicked, uh, tips off in, what, like, two Less hours? Two hours, yep. Yeah, like, an hour and a half or something. Uh, so, Warriors and Raptors, game one. The Raptors are actually favored over the Warriors, which is shocking. I guess it's a home game for the Raptors, and but I don't know. Gambling lines aren't always gambling lines are set for money to be bet evenly on both sides. So I guess I couldn't imagine the Raptors winning more than one game in the series. If I if I had to take a guess, I know Kawhi's been playing really well, but I don't see I don't see them winning more than one game. I think the Warriors will sweep. Well, certainly, and I, it, it appears as though Vegas has, has, uh, agrees with you on that. Is uh, the, the the last set of odds had them at minus two eighty eight, which means uh, essentially you would bet three dollars to win one dollar. And so uh, those odds are pretty good for uh, Golden State. Uh, if you're a Raptors fan uh, and uh, would like to take a chance, then the odds are probably pretty good for you as well. And, uh, but before we get into it too in, uh, too in depth, just wanted to, to bring up an interesting uh, nugget of information. Is do you know where, or, or I'm sorry, do you know how the Toronto Raptors got their nickname? No, I've never, <laughs> no clue. All right, so the franchise was founded in 1993, 1994, um, and they had a, a, a fan vote, so the people of Toronto got to pick a nickname. At the time, uh, Jurassic Park had just been released. And so they narrowed it down to either the, the T-Rexes or the Raptors. And, and so obviously the Raptors won out. And if you watch any of the games, you know, the, the area outside the stadium is known as Jurassic Park as well. So that's an interesting uh, nugget of information. Yo, so, like, I wasn't alive in 93. <laughs> when, which you probably were barely alive in 93, yeah. right? So, were they like an expansion? Like, see, I'm gonna have to look this up later because I've I've never because I know like there's teams, the OKC replaced the SuperSonics though, so there was no mm -hmm. like expansion draft. It was just relocation. But same with Memphis and uh, you know New Orleans Pelicans. I've always been interested. Like, I want an expansion draft to happen in my lifetime because. Well, it did hockey with the Vegas Knights. No, the Vegas Knights. They actually made it all the way to the Stanley Cup, too. That It was last year. But, like, I don't pay enough attention to hockey for me to, like, know the effect that that expansion draft had on hockey. Like, I want, like... Yeah, so, uh, yeah, to answer your question, uh, a quick Wikipedia search. Nice. The, the Raptors were, um, were founded in 1995 as a part of NBA's expansion into Canada. So that was uh, along with the Vancouver Grizzlies who subsequently became the Memphis uh, Grizzlies as well. So. so does it say anything like whether or not they had an expansion draft or did they just pick up players or what? I know they had Chris Bosh. Uh, that, that was in 03 though, that, yeah. that draft class. Yeah. I, there's a lot of reading involved, and I wish yeah. I knew more. But I will tell you an interesting story. At one point in my life, the only um, 
The only NBA basketball game I went to was in Toronto. The only NHL hockey uh, match I went to was in the United States, so that was pretty cool. I think I got it, I got it mixed up, but yeah, you that was uh, an interesting time. Uh, and, you know, getting back to the series, I, you know, obviously Kawhi Leonard's had a, a, an all-star season. It was nice that he essentially took a season off with the Spurs. Yeah. Uh, and so coming in, uh, he's obviously taking this team on his shoulders. But uh, the one interesting matchup that I would would say would be the key to the series is an, a, an undersized Draymond Green. And when I mean undersized in the sense of that he's playing center versus Marcus Saul, Green has struggled with big guys down in the paint. So yeah. if there's a if there's a way that Gasol can uh, you know stay on him or you know get him frustrated, I think it might be a long series. I don't, I don't see it going as a sweep, but it could definitely be an interesting series. I can see it from from that angle. Like, if you go, which by the way, uh, Boogie is active in yep. game one of that, so he may or may not play. But honestly, they they seem to be better without him. Which I, I wrote a blog about this last week. Is that it's dumb to say that a team's better without a really good player. Like, yeah, people that say the Warriors are better without Kevin Durant. Just shut up. Like, that, that's stupid. But I'm not going to – go check out my blog, ironcitychalktalk.com. Uh, posted it on May 23rd. So it will be one of the most recent blogs. But there you can hear my rant about that. But if you go strictly matchups where, say, they, say Boogie doesn't play and KD's not playing, if Kyle Lowry plays the best defense of his life on Steph or uh, Clay – Keep, keep them at bay, you know, like under 15 points, under 20 points. Then the next matchup you would look at would be Kawhi versus, you know, Clay or Steph or maybe Iguodala, whichever one they would put him on. And then Draymond versus Gasol. Draymond has trouble with big guys. You see, like, there's like a perfect storm that could come together and maybe, like, I think perfect storm the Raptors take it to seven. But I don't think there's going to be like a. I don't think it's anything <laughs> substantial like, like the Warriors getting down to nothing. Yeah, I mean that'd be nuts. <laughs> I would, I'd throw a parade in Birmingham if the Warriors <laughs> went down to it. I'm so sick of them winning, which I, is like a. People argue with that take. Like, why are you? Why do you get sick of greatness? But like, people that say that are fans of the team. Like, yeah. like Alabama fans of football. They're like, why would you want Alabama to suck? Certainly. No, and I understand. It's a, and it's one of those things. That it would be hard to bet against the Warriors. They've, uh, they, they're making it. This is their fifth straight NBA Finals, and this is the Raptors' first NBA Finals. So if you just go by the experience alone, it definitely shifts in the Warriors' favor. Yeah. Um, there was a – this is another thing that both of us are not going to know. <clears throat> but I heard something today – it was in relation to the NHL playoffs, and it was that the team that wins game one in the Stanley Cup, since they expanded to seven-game series, always wins the series. And I feel like that has there has to be some like similar correlation in basketball, except when the Warriors blew a three-one lead. Never forget. <laughs> but um, I wonder what that number is. We don't have to look it up. We can throw it in there on the next podcast because. Next podcast, this series will probably already be over. The Warriors will probably be <laughs> on their parade by then. No, but it is an interesting concept that when you talk about 
streaks in sports or, you know, whether to even be within the game if the team that leads at halftime is, you know, X percentage to, to win the, the game and bigger picture when it comes to the series, yeah. obviously the advantage. To me, the biggest advantage would be if Golden State can steal this one on the road at Toronto, go up one nothing. now you're back at Oracle, and the, the odds yeah, are going to be your favorite. Like, if Vegas is right and the Raptors take game one and then take game two, because that's a home game as well, they're up 2-0. Like, that's tough to come back from, but, like, it's possible. If, but if they can steal a road game on top of that, so they go up 2-1 and then steal game four, it's a cash. Series is over. But And I, it really all, it's all on Kawhi Leonard's shoulders. <clears throat> this is what he asked for. He didn't want to play at San Antonio. He wanted to, to, to go – Unfortunately, San Antonio didn't even get out of the first uh, first round this year. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to get out of the West, so he got a chance to go to the East. Had a great series against Boston, even better series against Portland, and uh, and here he is now. Yeah, I was I was very I know you were as well, um, but I was very um, on board with wanting the Bucks to win that series. I know you were because I'm sorry, yeah, Milwaukee, not Portland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, the Bucks because uh, I wanted Portland to win their series too against uh, Golden State, but they did not do that. <laughs> but uh, you actually had a a blog idea. It would have been it would have been one of your worst takes <laughs> with the, the why the Bucks were going to win the finals and they didn't make it. But I was on board with you there. I didn't know if they were going to win it, but I was sure they were going to take the finals to at least six games, and then they <laughs> barely took the conference finals to six games. So that, yep, that wouldn't sound real fast. Yeah, but uh, well, since we're on the subject of Toronto, what is what are your what is uh, your thoughts on? Uh, sorry, I got a phone. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, what are your thoughts on Drake and uh, the? Uh, the official warning that he received from the NBA about being too involved in the game itself and actually touching coaches and uh, interacting with players all sitting on the, uh, the Raptors bench or close to it. Yeah, so I didn't see that, but you just gave me the full rundown. So I agree. I don't like it. Um, Drake cursed Alabama in the national championship. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he's, he's cursed many teams, and I don't know how he, like, works his magic and the Raptors somehow win while he's there, because he's a, like, scientifically, that guy's a curse on sports teams. Like, it happens every single time. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I don't know, I'm not the biggest Drake fan in general, but I think it would, I think it was wise on the NBA's part to get him, like, off the court, like, during a game, or, like, not rubbing head coach's shoulders. Or like, <laughs> yeah, talking crap to the opposing team's players. Like that's way beyond the line of like what should be acceptable. Because it's like, why does like we I, obviously he's famous and like everyone else like isn't you know? But like, why does he just because he's famous give have the right to literally be interacting with players during a game? Because mm -hmm. if I was doing that, I'll be escorted out by yeah. security and I'll be in jail that night. Like, so, but the the Raptors claim he's an ambassador, which I guess technically could be on the payroll. But who knows? Uh, I I was listening to an interview earlier from one of the Warriors players. It's like, I love Jake, uh, Drake as a musician, but if he was if he come, came at me during the game, I, I yeah, I, I saw that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But uh, so anyway, sets. So we're, or, so I guess you got to give your prediction because. Okay. Yeah. 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 We'll uh, we'll predict it, and then we've just about beat basketball to death at that <laughs> point. But I'm oh gosh, uh, I don't want to do it, but I'm just gonna go ahead and take the Warriors in a sweep. I think that's I think that's pretty realistic here at this point. All right. So, let's, so I'll I'll it, it's hard to bet against the Warriors. I'll say Warriors in seven. Yeah. Okay. Um, Warriors in seven. You think the Raptors will take three games? I, I think I think because if they win tonight, I think they've got a good chance of stealing one in at Oracle, and then obviously they've got some home some home court advantage. Okay, I can see it. So we're on opposite ends of the spectrum here. I can see if if they take tonight, then I will I will personally I will go solo and record an apology podcast for how <laughs> okay. bad my take was. That's fine. But mark my words for it, that will happen if the Warriors lose tonight. But I think I think the Warriors are gonna get it. If they get both games in Toronto, they're definitely gonna get both games at home, and that's a wrap. So, and I think I think that's what's gonna happen. I'm not like considering a fact. It's just like my gut instinct telling me like they're so good. The Raptors have never been there. Kawhi has once with the Spurs, right? Yeah, he's won one championship this year. Yeah. Okay. The good thing about a podcast is we can always go back and edit it <laughs> yeah. so that our take is spot on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, there you have it. I think the Warriors sweep. Matt thinks the Warriors win it in seven. So, um, we're going to move on to college football. Finally, we get to talk about college football even though it's still only May and we really shouldn't be. We're going to give our way, way, way too early preseason top fives. Um, Matt, why don't you give yours? Let's do it this way. Let's go Let's go five, five, four, four. So you'll say yours first, I'll say mine second. And just, just to add this, it's 92 days till college football begins, so it's never too early, especially in this state. Yeah. Uh, starting out, uh, my number five uh, would be Oklahoma. I think obviously... Uh, losing Kyle or Kyler Murray uh, is going to be a tough, uh, a tough position to, to replace. But they were Oklahoma solid on both sides of the ball last year. Uh, you know, I'm not sure how how much uh, Jalen Hurts is going to play a role this season, but obviously he's a very capable quarterback. Uh, and then also Lincoln Riley's really uh, shown himself to be uh, a very good in-game yeah. coach. Yeah, I've got a. Uh... I've got Georgia at five. I think Jake Fromm's really good. Um, did Holyfield got drafted, right? Whoever the running back is this season, he'll be good. They've got receivers coming back. I know they lost Riley Ridley and a couple other guys, but their their offensive line, their defensive line will be good. I got got them at five. <clears throat> and we'll we'll snake it and come back around because my number four goes with my number five in a sense. Is I've got Texas at number four. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> which probably is a very unpopular, like, way too high ranking for Texas. But the last thing we saw was Texas put a smack on Georgia, beat them in the Sugar Bowl. They outplayed them in that game, which could have been lack of focus on Georgia's part. But Texas won the game. Texas has a very good quarterback. They've got good receivers. Their running backs are decent. Their offensive line is fine. Their defense is one of the best in the Big 12. 
I don't, I'm not saying they're better than Georgia. I'm saying my preseason rankings, they're better than Georgia. So my number four would, is uh, be Ohio State. Uh, under Urban Meyer, they were 86 and nine, and you know, given the recent events uh, in his personal life, you know, it'd be interesting to see how engaged he was in the, in the coaching process. Ohio State's one of those teams, they're always gonna reload every year. Uh, I don't know much about the, the team coming up, so it's a pretty safe bet that uh, putting them at number four. Yo, did you have that, that stat? Just like, like, did you just know that, or did you literally pick that up? Like at 86 and nine, because if you just know that stat, that's pretty incredible. It is, it's, uh, it's called research. <laughs> <laughs> or or in, the, in the radio business, they call it prep. Well, I knew when we were prepping, you didn't even know we were doing this, so. Yeah, well, I didn't want to tell you all my secrets. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see when you would have had to. Okay, so you're number three. Number four was Ohio State. Yeah, number three is, we'll, we'll do it that way. Like Coming back. Yeah, so like you did five, I did five. I do four, you do four. You do three, I do three. Yeah, so my number three would be Georgia. I, I you know, Jake, Jake Fromm returns. You mentioned him. Uh, they did lose Ridley and Hardman, and uh, but as per usual, Georgia's a lot like Alabama. They are stacked up running back, and uh, you know had potential to have Swift as an All-American, and then uh, a few others in the mix. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Swift. Okay, at three I had Ohio State. Um, they got Justin Fields. Uh, I think did Matthew Baldwin transfer? That's what I was trying to find out. I'm not. I'm, I'm not pretty positive. sure Matthew Baldwin transferred, but I also think that there was potential for him to beat Justin Fields out just based on the way they played in the spring. But Ohio State's good. They've always got good receivers. Always got, always got a good offense. Defense is hit or miss, but their offense is going to be good, very good this year. And then uh, at number two, at number two, I had Alabama to uh, to his little brother, Jalen Waddle, uh, John Mechie, Jerry Judy. All the, all the receivers and Najee Harris and then the guys on defense coming back. That was, so that's my number two. Yep, so uh, number two I have Clemson. Trevor Lawrence, as I've said, the guy picked apart the best defense in the country last year. Uh, Clemson always has a solid defense. Uh, Devo Sweeney's putting himself up there into the conversations of you know, one and two of the the best college football coaches right now. So, I, you know, the, my one and two could go either either way. Yeah. So I'm guessing you had Bama at number one. Yeah, because yeah, I had the uh, I had Clemson <laughs> at one, which I'm a huge Bama fan. But I mean, Clemson really like really stuck it to Alabama when like no one thought that was even possible. Like the people were saying that Alabama was the best team in the history of football, and Trevor Lawrence, true freshman, which there was. Like Clemson, like admittedly, like prepped for Bama for like forty-one days, where Bama prepped for them for like ten because they had Oklahoma, and so it it could go back to because of Clemson's schedule, which was way easier than Alabama's really easy schedule. They had time to look ahead to other teams. Sure. You mean Clemson playing Duke in the ACC championship? Yeah. Versus like, Alabama playing Georgia in the SEC. And then definitely Notre Dame right? versus Oklahoma, Notre Dame or Oklahoma. So Clemson, Clemson was probably prepping, which I guess they didn't find it out until after, but they were probably looking at 
getting film from all like the top six teams during their conference championship week because like South Carolina, South Carolina pushed them a little bit, but they still beat South Carolina by like twenty one or something like that, thirty one or something crazy. But um, yeah, that's what's always deceiving is you know it's easy to to sit there and oh well, you know they they I'm sorry uh, they played Pitt in the championship so. A twelve and zero team played a seven and five team, so it's always it's always hard to uh, to compare teams out of conference. I mean, obviously Alabama and the SEC is, is facing tough teams week in and week out. But when you yeah. get into the postseason, it's uh, it's really difficult to say. Uh, you know, for what whatever reason that game, Clemson had Alabama's number. It was uh, it was bad. It was a, yeah, an old fashioned bubble. Which there was. I've said this and said this. There was like an admitted like lack of focus on Alabama's part by like the leadership of the 2018 team. But if you if you take away that first pick six that Tua threw, um, take that away and says like how easily Bama scored on like basically the next play after that pick six. Say they drop the field and score there at seven zero. Then you got instead of Trevor Lawrence already with a like defense having scored a touchdown, it's tied seven seven. The game's kind of already started. Trevor Lawrence still stalled out, like the next yeah. couple of drafts. So if he stalled out that way after his team had already scored and they were stopping Alabama, say Alabama's already up seven zero, they just put up like a three minute march down the field and they're up seven zero. Trevor Lawrence is going to start behind the eight ball, kind of freaked out, big eyed, and game goes a whole different way. And then had he not thrown the pick towards the end of the first half as well, on that that, that coverage was crazy too. Because I saw, I saw it, because I've, I've watched every Alabama game, so like, I, I pick up on a lot of tendencies, and I was like, they're about to throw the scene to Jerry Judy, and like, the coverage, like, he had it, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like, a second and a half after the snap, that corner shoots back and bails into like a weird, like, cover three, yeah. cover four. It was like, coverage I've never seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. and then, but, I mean, if I can see from the couch, yeah. then Clues' defense coordinator can definitely tell they're about to throw the scene mm-hmm. to Jerry Judy. So, like, and that's one of those things that comes from studying hours and hours of film. And there's a reason why Clemson's defense coordinator is the yeah. highest paid in the country. Uh, you know, it's only a matter of time before he gets poached the same yeah. way that Alabama experiences right. that year in and year out. But you know, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be even uh, more prepared this season. And uh, going back to that game, I, I I was I was watching it at a local restaurant here, and um, you know, Alabama was down twenty something. Points and people were still cheering because yeah. there's the belief that they can come back Always. and Tua can, yeah. can bring them back. And it wasn't until probably five, six minutes left in the game that, okay, people started to realize that it was once it, once it hit Once they hit 44, I was yeah. like, yeah. yeah. But even when it, it was, it was still, what, like 37 or 30? It was 38 because mm-hmm. they missed an extra point or whatever. I was still like, well, like, you know, we can score fast. But back to that throw, like, so I've never sat down and talked with Tua. Sorry, I, I was just locked in on this point. But, so I've never sat down and talked with Tua, but I have sat down and talked with uh, Zach Thomas. He's the quarterback for App State. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure you saw the game against Penn State when mm-hmm. they took over time. Well, on that last play that lost App State the game, they were running the same concept, just in a, a more closing space because they were in the red zone, obviously, in overtime. And it was a curl with a fade from the slot receiver. Mm-hmm. And 
So he, he told me, he was like, yeah, I, I made a little reel on that play because he threw the pick when that curl route was wide open. And the same thing was going on with uh, that play when Tua, he just wanted the big throw instead of that easy throw. And, yeah, but like all quarterbacks know it, and that's what Zach told me because I was talking to him. It was, it was after the season because he lives in uh, North Carolina and then he comes back to Birmingham during the summers but, and like during Christmas break and stuff. And I was like, yo, like that throw, like what happened? And I knew what happened because like I played in high school and like so, and I was like, yo, what happened? He was like, dude, I just made the wrong read because I wanted to make a big throw. And I think that's probably the same thing that was going through to his head because he's so used to making the big throws. But yeah, it was a little slight humble brag there that I had to sit down with App State's quarterback. <laughs> Shout outs, shout outs to Zach Thomas, though. Go check out App State this upcoming football season. They're going to be good. They won their conference last season, so should be good. But, yeah, so, uh, anyways, let's move on. Like, let's briefly hit on some Alabama and Auburn football, and then we will be out of time here in a few minutes. But let's hit on – I know you said something about Saban. Saban went on some kind of rant, as usual. Yeah, so one of the things that Saban brought up uh, this week was the the transfer portal and how it uh, really affects the, the, the schools and the foot and the teams more so than the actual player itself. For example, Jalen Hurts has one year of eligibility left as a senior. You know, is uh, is allowed to enter the transfer portal. Oklahoma picks him up. That one year of eligibility is now gone for Alabama. So Saban essentially was saying, you know, that, could we not offer that to a player who's on the team that doesn't have a scholarship, even though it might be one year, or even you know, you see sometimes uh, freshman sophomore transfer and the, the same the, the same idea in the sense of that they're the, the school is losing that scholarship for that period of time, yeah. and uh, you know. I, I don't know what, what your thoughts are, if, if you agree with what Saban was saying, or you know, if, you, if, you, if you think it's uh, you know, more beneficial for the players. But he, he brings up a good point, but I'm not sure how much they can actually do about it. Because, I mean, a lot of times Saban gets what he wants in situations like that. Like, if he speaks out, they, they listen, because he's, you know, he's got a lot of power and pull with that. But I, I'm not sure like how soon, but I think soon enough there will be a slight rule change that has to do with scholarships. Maybe like if you take on a transfer player from another team, like maybe you lose one year, like one year's worth of a scholarship for a player or something. Which I don't know, but th- there's a lot that can go into that that I'm not well versed enough on like the logistics of that to know like what my real opinion would be. I'd have to really sit down and study it, but uh, yeah, that's about all I have on that. Um, we could, we don't, we don't have much time to. Next week, we're gonna, we're gonna discuss for sure, I know we didn't do much college football talk, we're gonna discuss the future of Alabama, Auburn, not only this upcoming season, but in seasons ahead, and we will also discuss some NFL next week because we didn't get to hit the NFL at all this week. But for now, that's all we've got. This was Iron City Chalk Talk. Um, we enjoyed it. I hope you guys listen, subscribe, go check us out, ironcitychalktalk.com.